Welcome to the National Native Network podcast series. Today's presentation is on the topic of traditional tobacco, featuring the National Native Network's Hannah Bartol, Melissa Meza, and guest Devin Beltran. To learn more about traditional tobacco, how it's used in ceremony, and how it's different from commercial tobacco, please visit our website, keepitsacred.org. And now, the National Native Network's Melissa Meza. Hi, everybody. My name is Melissa Meza. I am the California representative for the National Native Network. I'm a health education specialist with the California Rural Indian Health Board. And today we'll be talking about cultural tobacco in Indian country. Today I have Devin Beltran and Hannah Bartol with me. I'm going to go ahead and have them introduce themselves before we go into this podcast. Devin? Oh, hi. So hi, everybody. I'm Devin Beltran and a little bit about myself. I'm 15 years old. I'm also like Miwok and Southeastern Pomo. So yeah, I'll hand it over to Hannah. <laughs> hi, everybody. My name is Hannah Bartle. I'm the program manager for the National Native Network. I am from the Hannahville Indian community in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and I am super excited to be here today. Thank you both for joining us today. Like I said, we'll be talking about cultural tobacco in Indian country. So we're just gonna go right into it. And my first question is, why is it essential to make a clear difference between cultural and commercial tobacco? Uh, the I think it's a, okay. To make the clear difference, I think that we, you know, as Native American people, we all have different origins from where tobacco came from. Um, so I think if we can make that clear difference between where commercial tobacco comes from and where cultural tobacco comes from, I think that's huge um, in any sense, whether you're focusing more on commercial tobacco cessation or just how to keep tobacco sacred. I think if you know the origins between both of them, I think that can really help you and guide your education and guide your programming or just guide your own journey with um, tobacco in general. Yeah, to add on to what Hannah said, I feel like um, to kind of take down the stigma between commercial and um, traditional tobacco and having people actually know the difference and where it comes from and having native people telling people, oh, over in this area, this is how traditional tobacco came to be and this is how that kind of worked so awesome answers um so a follow-up to that question is how do you think colonization has impacted the use of cultural tobacco if there is any impact i think personally that uh, colonization definitely really did kind of have a big impact on traditional tobacco as of um, kind of using it for the wrong reasons, I guess, and using um, like smoking commercial tobacco for recreational use and then kind of that turning into that, if that makes sense. And then, um, yeah, and then I think that's kind of where kind of colonization people uh, using it for the wrong reasons and not for sacred use and not for um, prayer or ceremony or whatever you use it for. And so that's kind of my opinion, a little rundown. 
So when we think of colonization, we think of this broad topic of, you know, Christopher Columbus coming over and discovering this new world and bringing all these Western ideologies over to um, what we know now as the United States. Um, Colonization had so many effects on Native American people and that has inflicted a lot of trauma and a lot of um, atrocities, you know, from the Western ideology. So we think of colonization, then we think of how it's impacted us individually and how it's impacted our communities. Um, We know that, you know, prior to, the Indian Religious Freedom Act that Native Americans were not allowed to practice their ceremonies in public or they would be, you know, jailed, fined, and sometimes even killed. So we think about the tobacco side of it and we're like, okay, so we weren't allowed to use our traditional tobacco. We weren't allowed to grow it. We weren't allowed to um, use it in any sense. So we were stuck with this commercialized, you know, colonized, you know, makeup of tobacco with so many different additives and that just became a norm to us and it became the norm to our ceremonies to just use, um, you know, this pre-made tobacco stuff, I guess, you know, with all these different additives, you know, cause I think about when I go somewhere, whether it be like a ceremony or a powwow or just like a general meeting or whatever, and they are asking someone to say a prayer and they're like, okay, like we have to give them tobacco first. Like I see them, you know, I've seen instances where people have given individuals like cigarettes and just broke it up. And I've seen people give, you know, like a bag of tobacco from the gas station or a convenience store in the corner because that was their most accessible way. So I think colonization has sometimes altered our thoughts and altered our minds of how we think of tobacco like as a whole in general. So I think it's had a huge impact on obviously our lives in general and how we practice and use our traditional medicines. So you've both given me a lot of, you know, historical information on how cultural tobacco is used, but I want to dig in a little bit deeper. So how is cultural tobacco linked to your community's culture? So both of you come from different regions. Um, How is that linked to your community's culture? Devin, do you want to go first? I think for me personally, um, my community didn't really talk a lot about um, like a lot about traditional tobacco. And from what I know, it's from like my dad. So for me, it's like my dad telling me like how to use it and how his people used it and how that kind of linked. So like prayer was a big thing. And he told me like, if you're going to go out and you're going to go gather. So like if for example like manzanita berries you leave an offering so either a piece a strand of your hair or a gift give some tobacco and as a, a sign of respect and um kind of that's what he always told me so like it's like if you're going to give to someone that means you really respect them and you have that kind of connection with each other and that's why i've always kind of been told and i that's always always been told about tobacco is like a sign of respect and offering you can offer like anything, if like you took something from someone and you gave them a tobacco to kind of replace that and as a sign of respect. So that's always going to have taught and that's kind of my link to tobacco and yeah. So it sounds like there's a lot of um, give and take and making sure that there's some kind of return there. Hannah, is that a similar situation or does yours differ? Yeah, so that's very similar to my community. Um, You know, I'm from my home community is in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, sort of, you know, in the middle of nowhere, rural Michigan. 
Um, but I was very fortunate to grow up within a traditional household and, you know, all our traditional values were very, were instilled in me at a very young age. And even, you know, to this day, my family still practices that even if it's just in our own home, because um, I, I do live a couple hours away from my home community. So, you know, when I'm those like different times of year, we do different things. Um, so I'm grateful that it's in my home um, and it was in my family and a lot of people in my home community growing up were not as lucky as I was to have traditional knowledge instilled with them so I think that um link to our communities okay so you know I think we really have to start you know sharing that knowledge and not being sort of that gatekeeper with knowledge you know even it can feel um like lateral violence sometimes when we are gatekeeping traditional knowledge, but I think that we need to share it with everybody um, within our communities and say, hey, like, this is what I was taught. Like, you know, were you taught something different? Maybe we can like, you know, merge our ideas together or we can just come together and teach everybody as a whole, you know, whether it's about the use of tobacco, tra traditional tobacco use, like, and how Devin talked about how we make it an offering, like, when you're going hunting, when you're picking medicine, when you're gathering foods, like that is your offering to um, like the earth to creator to say like, I'm giving this and then in return that I am being nourished with food or I'm picking medicines. So I think that's how it's linked to our communities. Well, to my home community. So I have a question for the both of you. Um, I heard the use of ceremony um, and tobacco. So the two being used together. Um, is that common across all Indian country or is it just in specific areas? I think it definitely varies um, within, you know, the boundaries that the United States has put upon us that, you know, here in the Midwest, it is um, used differently. It's a part of our four sacred medicines, you know, and each sort of region within the Midwest has its own sort of origin story, but it's, all very similar um, from the creation story. So it, you know, comes down from, you know, whether, you know, Minnesota views it differently rather than Michigan or Wisconsin or even parts of Ontario view it. Um, so I think it's definitely different even within the Midwest. And I know I've heard just some other teachings from, you know, out West or even, you know, people in the Southeast, like the Cherokee people. So I think it definitely varies um, across the United States. Um. I was just going to say what Hannah said. I think it does definitely does vary across like the United States and there's so many different tribes and different teachings of each one. So I don't think you're really getting the same thing over and over again. And I think a lot, even the slightest difference makes a bigger change. So I feel like that's why it's, it depends where you go, I guess. <laughs> you, don't, you never know. <laughs> So you both already answered my um, next question, uh, but maybe we'll be able to add a little bit more to it. So based on your geographic location, how do you think the use of cultural tobacco differs in tribes across Indian country? Do you have anything else to add? All right, so both of you have talked a lot about how cultural tobacco is used in your communities, but why is cultural tobacco important to you specifically? I think for me, it's very important. It's very important because um, it's also like kind of really, kind of really fun to learn about and how my ancestors used it and how 
they harvested it and how they planted it and how they kept it sacred for so long. And so I think just learning about it is just, it's just a different experience. It's really fun. Just to like kind of learn about everything and how people just used it. Yeah, definitely building off of what Devin said. Um, it is fun. You know, I'm older than Devin right now. So it's even for me being older that I am still learning things and I'm still sort of figuring things out for myself, um, you know, getting teachings from my family and teachings from other people within, you know, the community that I do reside in now that it's important for me to have this knowledge and it's important for me to continue to practice it. And it's important for me to, you know, carry on this knowledge and teach it to my kids, my nephews, my nieces, like anybody, you know, within my future generations coming after me that it's important to teach them because, you know, like I, it's important to teach because, you know, prior to 19, the Indian Religious Freedom Act, the 1970s, like my mom couldn't, my aunties and my mom couldn't practice their traditions, like in public. And like, that's my mom. We think about, oh, you know, the generations before us hundreds of years ago that they weren't allowed to practice. Like, no, my mom was my mom talks about like doing stuff like in the middle of the woods or in the middle of the night because they were afraid of being seen or being caught or anything like that. So it's important for me to continue to carry on this knowledge um, for future generations because it was once taken from us and it was once um, we were punished for doing anything about it. Yeah, kind of building off Hannah said, like, I feel like learning more about our culture and what getting what backwards what was lost and that includes like traditional teachings of medicine and language and stuff like that and i think it's so important for us to really do try to get back that side of us that we have lost and just get it back to us and i think it's really important and i'm so i think i'm so i'm so grateful for to like learning my language and also learning about all this stuff about medicines and about all the stuff about plants. And I'm so grateful for my family for that. So you've both talked a lot about how your families have used cultural tobacco historically, but have either of you used cultural tobacco and how have you used it? Um, I personally have not used cultural tobacco. Um, as I said before, um, when like we went to like gather like plants or retake something from like plants or something like that, I always give a strand of my hair just because that's what I have or or some water. So that's just what I personally do. Yeah, um, I have heard that teaching too, similar to what Dev instead of like if you're like sort of like in a pinch and you don't have any tobacco, like giving a piece of you like a piece of hair is always good. Um, but like I had kind of mentioned before, as I got older and I'm continuing to learn this stuff and like really learn it and really like instill it within myself, like I've started carrying like tiny tobacco pouches, like wherever I go with me, like tiny tobacco ties. Um, like I have one in my backpack. I have a couple in my car. I have some in like in every little purse that I have, even if it's just one, um, you know, I offer it like if we are going berry picking or we're gathering anything like in the woods or I don't hunt, but um, I'll pray for the hunters. Um, so I'll do that. Um, so I think it's just important for me to just have it continuously with me. Um, you know, have one of that's one of the sacred medicines for Anishinaabe people here in the Midwest. So I think always having that with me gives me sort of like a sense of comfort. Um, I always joke and I'm always like, 
you know, I keep that thing on me. So I like keep medicine on me all the time and wherever I am. So it's just, um, you know, sort of making these teachings like more fun and just, you know, even if it is sort of making a joke with it, like people listen to it and people are like, you keep what on you? And I'm like, I keep like tobacco, like medicine. And they're like, oh, like, tell me more. Or like, how do you do that? Can you give me some? Can I have some? So I think it's always a fun to always, you know, insert humor because it's always helps us. It's the best medicine. So I'm I'm asking more as a curious person, but how do you actually uh, get access to your cultural tobacco? Do you harvest it, or is it something that you just get from your family or things like that? Um, I recently started, my mom actually recently started started to grow like traditional tobacco. She got some seeds from um, an elder within this community that we live in, and we started growing it this summer. And it's so cute to like watch it from a little seedling and it's like really grown right now. So that's sort of been my journey with traditional tobacco. Um, but a lot of the times, you know, I've been very fortunate. It's just kind of like my parents have always had it. It's always just been within our family. Um, but I know not everybody is so lucky as I am to have it with just within their family. So, you know, if you are a community member or, you know, you work within the native community, just, you know, seeking out information just say like hey where can I get this hey where can I get more teachings on this like or do you know of like you know maybe an online resource like keepitsacred.org will have some information for you or whatever community you work with and I guarantee there's some sort of information that you can get um you know and maybe it'll be an elder maybe it'll just be an individual who's your age who just has more traditional knowledge and that's okay so I think just always wanting to seek it out wherever you can um and Making sure, you're, making sure you're doing it in a good way and with a good heart, a good state of mind, not just like, I'm not native, but I want to know native stuff. Tell me now. Like, no, like go into it with a good heart and be like, okay, like, can you teach me about this? Or like, you know, maybe offer them like, hey, like I'll make you dinner if you want to like teach me about, you know, traditional tobacco use or, you know, things like that. So just coming at it, coming at it with a good heart is always good. I am definitely... so, uh, I was going to say, so my Wi-Fi went out and I missed the question, but I got some of what Hannah said. <laughs> Could you repeat the question, please? Yeah. So, um, oh my God, what did I even ask? Um, <laughs> it was something I... like, as a curious person, like, how do you yeah, have access so to, or something like that? I asked um, how you typically gain access to tobacco. So I know in some communities, they grow it specifically for their community members. Um, but Devin, how do you, in your community, how do you guys typically gain access to cultural tobacco? Um, I think personally, um, just ask, as Hannah, I heard Hannah said, um, asking your community members and seeing if they know of any places where um, what's the word? Oh, thank you. Traditional tobacco, um, uh, traditional tobacco grows. And I think, uh, I'm not personally, I'm not really sure where it grows. My, my, I think my dad does, but you know, <laughs> so like having that, uh, a person that you can go to and ask questions, it was really important. And, um, maybe trying to find that person, maybe being an uncle, a parent, a grandparent, and or even your cousin so I think yeah <laughs> so it sounds like it's grounded in a lot of um just 
pure intentions, communication, and, um, you know, asking for it with a pure heart and from your family members and community members. Um, with that in mind, what advice would you give other youth or young adults who want to make a difference in their community concerning cultural tobacco? So anything that pops into your head that you would like to share with other youth or young adults? You know, like I, growing up, I grew up in a really small community. Um, everybody knew everybody, you knew everybody's business, you know what everybody was doing at any given time of the day, um, which is good and bad at times. But, you know, if this happens to reach anybody that I grew up with, like, and I know that they've used, you know, like commercial tobacco use in the past, or they're still using it, you know, like, that's their choice that's, you know, you make whatever choices you feel necessary you need to make in your life. But if you are seeking out information to like either stop smoking commercial tobacco or you want more traditional tobacco information, like, you know, I always tell people like, always contact me, like text me, Facebook me, like whatever you need to do, snail mail me, whatever you need. Like I will either help you find those resources or if I know I will teach you because, you know, like, like I had mentioned before, I was very lucky to grow up within a traditional home and not everybody in my community was as lucky as I was. So like, I'm always willing to um, teach people about the traditional use of it or even the commercial use. Um, so if you do want to hit me up, like it's hannah.bartol, so H-A-N-N-A-H dot B-A-R-T-O-L at I-T-C-M-I.org. Like, let's chat, let's Zoom, let's snail mail let's be pen pals let's talk about it in any sort of way that we can because you know I'm always willing here to help educate and like we can make fun out of it we can have you know like a tea or something you know we can have something we can have fun with it because if you're not having fun with it like what are you doing yeah on yeah go have Hannah on her email and go tell her <laughs> And um, I feel like, I feel like, yeah, I know. I feel like also kind of what we've been saying, having good intentions of going into, um, even if you're just talking about it, having good intentions about it. And like, if you're harvesting, having good intentions and having positive thoughts and stuff. And, um, yeah. So again, go email Hannah and go talk to her. She seems really awesome. And I talked to her a lot. So go hit up Hannah. So of course, everybody knows who to contact now. Um, but I have one last question for the two of you. And I think this one is really important to highlight for future generations. So how can you preserve your traditions and ensure that cultural tobacco remains pure in your communities? I think Devin had mentioned before about just taking away that stigma of like tobacco in general, like the whole overarching topic of tobacco, just taking that stigma away, whether it be commercial or traditional, um, just like, yes, like, yes, commercial tobacco use is a bad thing, but you know, like we can steer away from it. We can steer ourselves in the direction of keeping tobacco sacred. Um, so I think just removing the stigma of tobacco in general and like, yeah, we can talk about it. Anybody can talk about it. Like, it's not like this taboo topic that nobody should be talking about. Because the more we talk about it, the more information that 
we all have and the more education that other people can um, understand and make better decisions for them and their families. Yeah, I definitely agree with Hannah and I'm just gonna say what you said. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm trying to think what else I should say. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think definitely um, this like breakdown that big like wall of that stigma about traditional or tobacco in general and it's like breaking that wall and educating people that you know and I think that's the best thing you can really do and then start using it in practices and ask your uh, elders if they know anything about this and ask them questions I think it's the best thing you really can do and be a curious person and really got it like that so yeah Well, thank you both. I know that there's a lot of information that the National Native Network provides. So if you're interested, you can visit the National Native Network website and we'll add a little plug here at the end. For free help to begin your journey to quit commercial tobacco and keep tobacco sacred, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. To learn more about traditional tobacco, how it's used in ceremony, and how it's different from commercial tobacco, please visit our website at keepitsacred.org. Thank you for listening to this podcast presentation from the National Native Network.